reflection is a voice on the phone. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other aggrieved uh, ex-colonials as masterpieces. I am Nick, the um, uh, the lonesome DJ of this podcast, and I am joined as ever by Roger. With the classic face for radio. <laughs> and we are discussing yet another John Carpenter film. We just can't keep away from him. Um, I think we both have a lot of love for John Carpenter, At even if we sometimes. don't always love his films. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and this time we thought we'd, uh, we, uh, well, I didn't enjoy Halloween, <laughs> but uh, there was a lot to it to like. You liked it a little more than me, I think. Yeah. But we thought we'd uh, investigate some more early John Carpenter. Is this what he did next after Halloween? Yes, this this was his next film. And we are discussing 1980s The Fog, uh, in which there's something, there's always something in the fog or the mist. There have been a lot of um, bad fogs and mists <laughs> that I can remember in my time. James Herbert uh, wrote The Fog. Yeah, it, that it was does a, remind me of that, that very 70s horror film titling, you know, the, the Fog, The Crabs. <laughs> All right, Night of the Crabs is a bit of a special case, but... Uh, I think Garth Marenghi wrote, Crab! Exclamation mark. Uh, one of my favourite authors, of course. Um, yes, The Mist, or... It's that kind of Stephen King, James Herbert, if you were in the UK at the time, uh, Sean Hudson, those kind of... Um, that kind of genre of of um, uh, paperback. Uh, uh, what would be called like an, an air... Uh, what do you call them? Like airplane paperbacks? Back when there were only a few paperbacks you could buy, like Jaws was at some point. But also, I, I think the airport book was definitely an extra thick one, so you know, you'd buy it and it would last your entire flight. Okay, yes. But, yeah. The, De- this would be a, a slimmer. Was this based? I don't think this was based particularly on a book, no, though, was it? interestingly enough, as I was watching, my parents brought a car load down of books that I'd left at home, and among them was the novelisation of The Fog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a novel, but it's a novelisation, um, which I have no memory of, but I will, I will um, have another look at it. Um, well, this is... Um, it's another horror film. Well, we, and we, pr- we start with something truly terrifying, an entire beach full of kids. <laughs> um, we're this never was, going to see most of them again well this was apparently added in to make the film more explicable and it, it's a brief scene um, with oh what's his name um, uh, classic kind of old um, uh, old well, explanatory let, he's called Mr Macken because there are a lot of name, <laughs> name references there are a lot of name droppings in this John Houseman, uh, jo- John Houseman thank you um, who uh, basically Explains the entire plot of the film, or at least the backstory, in about two minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, it, it has that feeling about it, particularly the way we. I think there's one kid who is going to turn up, turn out to be significant later, but everybody else is is just there for the day. Well, I was confused from it until he showed up, and I wasn't sure if this, the film that we were then watching, was him, you know, carrying on with the ghost story, and we were just seeing the story as a film instead of him telling it. Uh, but no, it turns out he already knew the whole plot of the film that was about to happen. The, the thing that, I mean, I, I I have grown up in England. I, I am familiar with the concept of wreckers. 
uh, you living just across the border from Cornwall, obviously yes. you're familiar with the concept of wreckers. Um, but you know, they, they, the way the story is told, it's 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 weird. You know, why 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 are they lighting? You know, it sounds as if they're lighting a bonfire to welcome the ship. And but no, 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 they they are wreckers. They they no, they they are drive by wreckers. These are people who professionally. Uh, drove ships onto rocks or um, uh, kind of lured them onto rocks to smash them up, sink them, and then go and steal all their stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens in The Fog. We are, uh, except instead of a Cornwall, we are in California. Yeah. I think somewhere in the north of California, by the looks of the weather. It's actually probably not far from where the birds happen. (laughs) I I wonder if we could have a, a, a dual dual horror film going on there the fog versus the birds <laughs> i shouldn't be saying this on recording this is valuable stuff um, any- lunch. <laughs> um anyway we what, are the, the, i think it would be fair to say the actual start of the film yes is more we we've we've got the priests uh you know clearing up at the end of the day and he he, he meets the famous explosive bound book <laughs> that's a nice bit of characterization with the priest that he's clearly a terrible employer and they, <laughs> they hate each other and he's a drunk um with his his little um uh skivvy who's coming in to clean and ask for some payment on time so it's a nice bit of um uh, and, and then, then the stone randomly pops out of the wall revealing a book behind it yes it the be, but yeah now here is Okay, I mean, I'm not sure this ascends to the height of Roger religious corner, but the impression I got here was was you know everything about the church that we see is pretty much coded as Catholic. Yes, and yes. Catholic is obviously the traditional mode for um, horror films, priests, because obviously you know, they're they're more primitive and uh, therefore closer to the, to the fundamental ghostliness or whatever. I, I, I can <laughs> yes. say this: I was brought up Catholic. Well, um, he's a father, isn't he? Isn't that isn't that? Well, yeah, I mean, some, some Anglicans will, will do that. Oh, okay. But the, the impression I got was that, you know, there's nothing to say he's not Catholic. And he's talking about his grandfather, who was the priest, when these things happened. <laughs> Good point. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that much. Maybe there's another reason they're all damned in that case. Um, but they don't seem to have been the most, um, pious bunch anyway. Um, we, we don't find out exactly well, there are more details, but we certainly get the idea that yeah, okay, there was this ship driven onto the shore, and it might it might be a bit revengey at this point. It might be, and then um, uh, sort of supernatural things start happening around our little fishing town. What's the town called? I've completely forgotten what the town's called. <laughs> Does it really matter? No, no, An- I Antonio that. Bay. Antonio Bay. Oh, yeah, it's not very memorable, is it? Um, <clears throat> Uh, but yes, the, the fog rolls in soon after the, the ghost story is told and, uh, lights start, um, going out and electricity goes awry. Um, Some, something really remarkable happens. Um, a, a, a petrol pump unhooks itself and starts pumping and there isn't a massive explosion. I'm not I, sure yeah, I've ever seen I, that in a film before. <laughs> that was interesting, wasn't it? Yes, I, I thought they're going to uh, get the, uh, the petrol pump explosion out of the way early. Um, uh, but, the, the, uh, the strong suggestion, at least, is is that this, it, it, we, we've had the suggestion that the, the midnight to one a.m. is the, the specially spooky time. Though, yes, not, we've not been told it's basically reason. just going to happen for an hour. Yeah. Was that that's described in the opening narration? I think by um, I was about to say Arthur Mack and um, <laughs> by Mister mm. Mack. And, no, I, I 
I got the impression, at least, that it, that it was uh, Stevie the DJ who, who was saying, this, this is the particularly witching hour. Though she, she, I mean, she, she is one of the people here with no particular background in the town. She's a, she's a recent uh, arrival. Well, she's an interesting... I mean, she's uh, very much... Well, I wouldn't say the protagonist in, in some... I mean, she's the one that pieces a lot of it together. If, if it um, weren't for somebody else being here, we would call her the protagonist, but we'll come back to that. Well, I suppose the reason I hesitate to call her the protagonist is she doesn't actually... Well, physically, she doesn't do a huge amount, she, but she does piece it together and transmit it to the rest of the town. One so. of the things I like about this, though I can see how it could be annoying as well, is... Most of the time, most of the people aren't meeting each other. I mean, well, she she barely she, meets she anyone does. at all. She she does. I mean, she she interacts briefly with her kid. Yes, in person. But I think this that, is uh, Adrian Barbo, who is um, uh, uh, really yeah, good in this film at the time. At the time, yeah, um, she's uh, <laughs> uh, she. Not only does she look striking, she's got a voice that uh, makes you understand why the the weatherman is. Um, all agog over Well, her. The, the impressive thing to me is not not only that, but that she has two voices. She has the sultry, sexy radio voice, and then she instantly switches to the "Yeah, I got a job to do here" voice on the phone. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's very. She's um, that, that almost distracted me from the from the fact that there is a phone that can ring in the studio where she's on the air. <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. Um, interestingly, Adrian Barbo turned up. I'm rewatching Babylon 5 at the moment and she randomly turned up in one of the season two episodes right after I was watching The Fog. So we've actually seen her. Well, technically we've seen her in one ribbon of memes before, which she's appeared in two. Um, in The Thing, a few years after this, of course, she's the voice oh, of the she's... chess computer. I was going to say she could have been the computer. That's the closest to a female character yeah. in the thing. Uh, but also in Argo, uh, she ha- she has a one line role. Um, she she is the actress playing Circe the Galactic Witch. <laughs> that she, I think she's phenomenal here. I have to say she she carries a lot of the exposition um, and a lot of the emotional weight of the film. There are other characters doing it too, but she's like the the heart of the film. But yeah, she's not I, I don't part think I've really noticed community. her as an actor before, but I, I really no. like her performance here, at least. Yes, yes. And yeah, the, to me, the reason that she's not clearly the protagonist is Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. Yes, who pops up uh, hitchhiking um, fairly shortly afterwards. She's picked up by... Um, Nick. Nick. Nick Castle, uh, named after the guy who played... Uh, 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 Mike Myers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now th- this is, this is tricky. I, I think her role was added relatively late. It, it's certainly been said that, um, she, she'd been, you know, she got a lot of offers after Halloween, but they were all basically Scream Queen, like Halloween, only stupider. Uh, and Carpenter got hacked off about this, so, so he wrote her in. And I, I do think she distorts the story a bit. Um, She's a little, I hesitate to say anything like this about Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's a little surplus to requirements here in that she doesn't have a lot to do plot wise. Well, yeah, but what she ends up doing is, uh, she, she, uh, gets together with Nick, the driver who's picked her up while he, while he's having a, uh, beery evening drive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I like this scene actually. I like the, um, uh, I like the camaraderie between them. It did, it yeah. did feel believable to me, that chemistry. And I, in the very next scene, she's in bed with him. Uh, but I, I wasn't kind of offended by that. I just got, you know, I felt like this is a, a free spirit rather than 
Yeah. I, I, it felt like it fitted the character she was playing, and it tells us a bit about the personality. The bit I really like um, is where all the windows shatter in the mm. car. I, I found that shocking, and, and, and it's... It's really well done. Uh, partly I was shocked because the windows are clearly not safety glass, <laughs> which is terrifying. Um, but uh, it, uh, yeah. I think in the 80s you, you might well have side windows which weren't, but the windscreen would definitely be laminated with plastic. Yes. Well, it pro- I mean, it was probably a function of the effect rather than oh, the yeah, cars yeah, sure. at the time. But it's... Uh, yeah, I, but I found far, it- far be it from us to avoid a gratuitous nitpick. <laughs> I found it a, 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 an effectively horrifying thing, partially because you can imagine yourself in that situation and how shocking it would be for that to happen. Mm. I, I, uh, I, it probably was the last time I was genuinely sort of shaken up in the film. I have to say, it's, this whole film, which we'll talk about later, has got me wondering about horror films and being scared anyway, or, or me personally. But we'll talk about that when we've mm. gone through the plot a bit more. So... And by, by this time, we, we've established the, the, the key characters. Uh, we've, we've got um, Stevie, who is basically going to be DJing from the lighthouse, which slightly, slightly oddly to me, um, it, it, it's not a lighthouse on the top of a cliff where you might expect to find it. It's down a set of steps on, on the on basically. It's to tell you that there is a rock sticking out from the cliff that you know the location of already. Yeah, this is a perfectly legitimate thing. It just surprised me slightly because you when, when it's framed in the studio, you know, she's got a great view in all directions and so on. But anyway, <laughs> um, and so we we have uh, for for the rest of the film, it's basically uh, Nick and uh, Elizabeth, Jamie Lee Curtis are, gonna, are basically going to be the, the mobile protagonist party. Yes, um, and, I don't and know. Then we would, have would it some... have been perhaps that uh, Nick and Stevie would have got together in the original? Jamie Lee Curtis list version. I don't know. There, there, there are some signs in that direction, but maybe not. I mean, but one they, of the nice things meet? I like about but, it is that she doesn't need to get together with anybody. I think it would have been a pro- if she didn't have her phone. <laughs> she would have been a bit stuck. Um, I guess she would have just take. You would have think you'd at least take it off the hook when you're on air or something like that. Just text her. Easy enough. Um, yeah. I I'm not sure, but uh, we have Nick. I'm not quite sure what Nick does in the bit did i miss uh, what he does in the town but he's <laughs> he, i think he's sort of a general general um uh odd jobs man and he's done that, a few that, things that, here and there. i get yeah and one of the things he's done is been on fishing trips with some of the local fishermen mm-hmm. um meanwhile the, the father's reading his book and he, he he kind of finds out about this uh Oh, I keep wanting to call it a pirate ship. They're not really pirates, are they? But not I, even I feel slightly. like they're ghost pirates, though, aren't they? They're gonna be. I, I mean, whether they were pirates or not before they died, they're now ghost pirates. But this ship was wrecked because it had uh, a leper on board. Um, the, the skipper was a leper. Not not only a leper, but a guy who was who was planning to found a leper colony. And the was it the mayor? Uh, anyway, whoever was in charge of the town. I don't think there was a town at the time, or not much of one. I think that part of the the plot is that they founded the town based on the gold that they nicked from yeah, this ship. Yeah, but yeah, the, some somebody had agreed to to uh, sell, sell them the land for this thing, yes. and then had severe second thoughts about it, and and therefore they they wrecked the the clipper with with the uh, lepers on board. Uh, the clipper with the leper, the, uh, the skipper. <laughs> Which um, actually surprised me because they, they didn't really make much of that. I mean, you, you would think, I mean, th- this is fundamentally a zombie film after all. 
It is, well, yes. Once it gets to the action phase. And you would think they would do something with leprous zombies. But yeah, or like giving someone leprosy, uh, like super leprosy and then rotting away very quickly or something. Yeah. But no, no, not too much. But it's, I, I like that it's, uh, I don't know if this feels a bit James Carpentry, um, but it, it, it I, I like the kind of this town that's founded on a lie. There's something quite American about mm. that, this kind of, darkness at the heart of history that no one really talks about and everyone's trying to celebrate their history and they, there's a big thing that they, they're trying to keep under the carpet which may yeah, be a larger metaphor the, the the equivalent of okay it's not it's not being very jawsy but the, the the big festival that has to go on in spite of people feeling a bit edgy about it yes is, is the anniversary of the town's founding 200 i think it was 200 something like that uh 100 this is oh, 100 Oh yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, I mean, we've been talking about the plot, and we do talk about plots quite a bit. And I think this is a film that ro- rather breaks that analysis because it's much more a series of little isolated incidents, and the way the cast is kept separate makes that even more apparent. Uh, yes. Now, do you think that's a strength or a weakness of the film? Well, I mean, it's, it's not the sort of film I would usually enjoy, but I did enjoy it. So, um, <laughs> so clearly it worked for me. Yeah, it, it seems to be a series of, um, yeah, basically once we've established that and once we've got to this point in the plot, um, I, I felt uh, a very strong pivot, um, at the mortuary scene. Yes, yeah, I, which, I agree. Is, so, so yeah, okay. So let, let's skip forward a bit. Um, the 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 fishing boat with three guys on it is, is found drifting. Well, I, I I wanted to talk about that scene. I okay. found quite okay. effective as well, actually. That where these are the first people to get murdered. Hmm. Now, I don't. Are they? Uh, one thing that's not entirely clear to me. At some points, it gives the impression that the people who are going to get murdered are the descendants of the six people who, who've done the wrecking. Yeah. Uh, but at other points, it seems to be essentially random. And I, I, I don't know if the film's trying to have its cake and eat it with this interesting backstory, but if that was genuinely true, then basically no one else is in any peril once you've worked out yeah, who that, the descendants that, that are. Yeah, that did occur to me. I, I'm told that the novelisation, in fact, uh, does make that explicit. That it, I read it the back the cover, and yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, com- compare with Halloween, which is similarly simplistic in plot, uh, that there is this supernatural thing, and it wants revenge on the town, or the townspeople. Mm. Um, and we have a lot of lovely scenes of, of revenge happening, but e- even before the priest says, you know, okay, just take me and they'll be done. Um, it's been counting the deaths. We we have the guy who wakes up in the morgue just to, to scroll the number three and then collapse again. Well, that they get three pretty quickly on the on the. T- I yeah, found that, the ship that, was that's the fishing boat, and that, then we have a couple of other people in town. Um, but you know, if if did, were they going for anybody else? There, there certainly seem to be people who are in danger later. Well, um, uh, Stevie is, is right at the climax of the film. So yes, I mean, the, the film is from, from the mortuary scene where the corpse sits up and scrolls through. It's then basically a series of encounters with the fog from the different characters we've already met. Mm. And they either get killed by the, the ghost pirates, the deathly pirates in the fog, or they don't. Um, 
which is interesting. It doesn't it, it seem to have quite feels high. To me, as if a lot of their survival for the ones who do survive is basically by coincidence. Yes. Um, uh, Stevie's kid, who probably has a name, uh, Andy, I think, um, is being being babysat because Stevie is working nights up up at the radio station, um, and his babysitter answers the door and get gets uh, ghost pirated. Uh, yes, <laughs> zombie pirates. Some of them are pretty gratuitous. Uh, zombie. All right, I'll give you zombie pirates. <laughs> they, they They've got to... glaring eyes. Yeah. Ghost zombie pirate. Um, there's a distinction between zombie pirates and ghost pirates that's very clearly made in the Monkey Island series of games. If anyone wishes to, uh, <laughs> I refer you to those. I think he becomes a ghost zombie pirate in the end, but. But, but again, uh, uh, Andy the kid is being chased by the, the, the uh, ghost zombie pirate who's breaking into his room. And, yes. And he clearly, clearly does not, does not plan to, you know, to take him out for an ice cream soda. So this is I, I don't I, think it completely holds together. <laughs> it doesn't really, and I, 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 this didn't particularly bother me at the time. But th- you know, thinking it through, then if you get in the way of the uh, of the, the the zombie pirates, they're going to kill you. I think that's pretty clear because the babysitter gets off. But then, do they chalk you up as one of the six they've got to do? Well, she does year? count as one of them. Yeah, she's one in their quota. So. Um, it's not a hugely high body count um, for the film, but that's fine. I, I, uh, I, I agree. It sort of breaks with it, and and in some ways, it is. I was slightly surprised at the similarity to Halloween, which is, you know, after a certain point, is a series of encounters with Michael Myers by different mm. people. It doesn't seem to. I know Halloween wasn't supposed to have this moral thing of um, if you transgress, you will be murdered, because that doesn't really happen here, uh, or the transgression brawl. A hundred years ago, but it wasn't yeah. like, for instance, one of the first things Jamie Lee Curtis's character does here is um, is have sex, which is actually a sin in most ghost film, uh, most horror films. But uh, it, it's not judged or particularly made much of here. Which and, and her mum's in the film. Though, yes, though we the have Janet Lee. <laughs> yes, that uh, that was a nice touch. She is. A, is she the mayor of the town? It's something like that, anyway. I don't, I don't think I ever say, but she's clearly a power in the town. And, and her gopher, incidentally, played by Nancy Loomis, who is uh, Annie from Halloween. I, I think a lot of people work with John Carpenter, and then they're quite happy to work with him again, which speaks well <laughs> for him as a director. They had some lovely dialogue. Was it something like, uh, "You can make yes, ma'am, sound like fuck you," and she goes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Making it sound like my, it was it was a nice moment. Uh, this it's it's a it's a so, fun uh, yeah a fun dialogue and playful. Um, I, I would say basically the second half of the film is as we're saying this, this series of encounters and they, they are lovely scenes. That's the thing. It's a very pretty film. I, I mean, it's that, it's hard not to have fog rolling off at the night in the ocean, glowing fog. Uh, uh, glowing fog and and not make it kind of visually well. It's easy for me to say that. The, the point is, <laughs> they may have they may have sort of set themselves an easy target with what it has, but it still looked beautiful. Watching mm. it roll around, watching it surround the lighthouse, the actual encounters with the zombie pirate. The part of the reason we're not quite sure is because you never quite see much of them at all, which I really like as well. You, I mean, the, yeah, the, the most we get them is probably in the church, and that and that yes. they're mostly backlit. Yes, I, I think works really well. There's mm. element, actually, some of the, you know, that striking kind of silhouetted figure surrounded by smoke, backlit, kind of blue colour, very uh, Thing-esque to me as well. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. or at least the poster of the Thing. 
Yes, I agree. They're nice little horror vignettes. Is that that's probably the best way of describing them? Yeah, I suppose. I, I, I will admit that there there is one scene that absolutely made me love this film, um, which is um, off, after the mortuary. Uh, so we've got uh, Nick and Elizabeth. They, they've got to the bar and they've, they've told the sheriff what's going on. And then they just lean back against the bar and they look so damn tired. <laughs> yes. And of course, their night is not over yet. But that, that, that is just that beautiful bit of nonverbal. Yeah. I, I yeah. like this. I, I think, um, uh, yeah. So, so we have a series of these, uh, encounters. Um, it's also so, not all about women getting killed, which is nice. In fact, a lot of the, most of the deaths are male deaths, which is nice. Yeah, we, um, we get, uh, Stevie, Stevie in the lighthouse as, as the, it's a pity the effects couldn't stretch to a model shot of the fog rolling up round the lighthouse, but yeah. That would have been lovely, yes. It, it, it's um, strongly implied. And, and so she's realizing, uh, holy, holy crap, my son is at home in, I think it's implied the house she can see at a distance. Yeah, I, I really like that kind of, again, that tapped into the horror of, I can't get there and something terrible. So, so yeah. she's broadcasting these pleas for help. And that, as you say, that's a very different, uh, Stevie to the, the one we see. She's basically near hysterical at that point. Um, it's, it's, it's good. It's well done. And, and yeah, uh, that, that's the thing. There's not, there's not much to go deep on on this film. I no, think. there's not really much more to say. I, one, <laughs> I did find, uh, again, uh, on, on, um, not deliberately comedic, but, but for me, so they, they, they finally come round the church and he, he gives them back the cross, which is what they, uh, they melted down the gold and made it into a cross. Presumably uh, most of the gold got spent to found the town and well, start its fortunes. You would think so, but... wouldn't it? There must have been quite a lot of gold then. But this, um, this is what's left of it at least. And then our, our priest, like right at the end of the film, he's just sort of wondering out loud, oh, I thought this was supposed to kill six people. <laughs> they only got five. And then as if like uh, him saying that made the, the, the zombie pirates be like, oh shit, yes, he's right. <laughs> then suddenly they turn up and decapitate him, which I, <laughs> I, I, I've been told is like a great ending to the film. To me, it was a bit like, uh, unexpectedly comedic. Um, that's how I felt it. Um, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really shocked by it. I, again, it's a beautiful film. It, it's well acted. Everyone in it, everyone in it f- seems to be having fun. I, I, that's a, a mistake to make watching a film, isn't it? I guess, but they all seem, uh, earnest and enjoyed. No one's phoning it in, uh, except Stevie, ironically, because she's the, the radio. Well, we've, I, we've seen uh, how often people come do people do come back to work with Carpenter again. So I think that's probably a good sign. Yes, I, I he I uh, well, oh, I found a lovely quote from um, James Carpenter. I can't I can't find it. Uh, I can't find it now. But it was uh, John Carpenter. Sorry, it was um, in France. They call me an auteur. <laughs> in England, they call me a horror film director. Director. In America, they call me a bum. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> his uh, his feeling about Hollywood, and he, he did get disgusted by Hollywood. I, he is a really versatile director, and we've said this before. But this is it's a horror film, but it is not. I was not uh, offended by its slasheriness because it's not really a slasher film. This hmm. has much more of a feel of. Um, uh, well, like an Arthur Mack and ghost story or, you know, it has, or, or, um, it reminded me of like a Tales of the Crypt kind of film or a, a, a film of a Tales of the Crypt story or a, 
they're, except they're way more moralistic than this one is. Um, or uh, Stephen King, uh, again, not quite Stephen King, but that kind of um, folk horror that I, 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 I really like the milieu and the atmosphere. It, it, it is very atmospheric having a fog. Like, mm. There's a reason fogs have been bad in lots of different horror stories. <laughs> but yeah, this is a good one. And what, one of the things I like about this is that you, you don't really have villains as such. I mean, yes, you, you've got the fog and ghost zombie pirates coming in and coming mm. in and murdering people. And all right, you can argue about the philosophy of, and ethics of revenge, but basically they, they have a specific reason for doing what they're doing. Yes. And on the other side, you have these people who, well, I mean, and, until what's his name? Uh, until the priest. Uh, yes, comes uh, along and comes along and says, "Okay, I've I've actually found this information." Uh, they they have no idea why it would be happening. I mean, they they know there was this wreck, but probably they don't even know it was a deliberate wreck. Never mind the whole backstory of it. Yes, and it's not really kind of a disaster. It's genuinely a horror film in that in that way. It's not like they're. It doesn't just feel like the environment is against you. There is a malevolence to it, even mm. if you understand it. There's a nice vibe there of, <laughs> of malevolence. Um, oh, shout out to Dr. Fives as the coroner. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I didn't notice it in the film, but I was looking on the cast list. And he's called Dr. Fives, which is another one. Oh, there's also uh, Dan O'Bannon mm-hmm. uh, is the weatherman, who was, of course, uh, the co-writer of... Alien, uh, well, as well as Dark Star. Yeah, Dark Star was when he worked with Carpenter. I don't think they got back together after that, but yeah. Uh, and I, I think, I, did I hear an Arkham Reef or something along those lines? I definitely heard the word Arkham, yes. There's a, there's a, it's, it's touching all, well, again, he, he's sort of telling us outright, you know, this is the kind of film we're doing. And that's why the, the opening works quite well. And in a way, the ending, which is very much like the last panel of a Tales of the Crypt comic strip, is like, oh, I wonder why there was a... And, and he gets his head cut off. That was... um, uh, That feels like very much the ending of a tale, Tales of the Crypt story to me. Yeah. I, again, the, the film is trying trying to have its cake and eat it here, because you know, on, on yeah. the one hand, they're, they're, they're saying, well, it could come back, always watch out for the fog. And on the other a, hand, was that? Was I imagining that felt like an echo of "Keep watching the skies" to me? I don't know. Maybe that, a bit. Yeah. I mean, we know he does like the thing from another world, so <laughs> I, I think that was deliberate. So he got that on the one hand, and on the other hand, we got okay. This is number six. That's it. The town is safe. Yeah. They, they, those guys can now rest in peace, in, insofar as this is possible for zombie ghost pirates. <laughs> I I agree. There's a problem with the framing device that it, it kind of actually reduces the peril when you understand what they're doing. And it, but the film tries to play it up anyway. The, uh, the impression I get, to some extent, is, is the lazy game master who's saying, "Okay, you know, uh, NPC number fifteen has just got killed. Okay, that guy, he had ancestry that was made in one of the six. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll retrofit it in. Um, I I wonder if this is a bit of a theme of of Carpenter that it, it's not. He's less interested in the the high plot and the, the deep, as he is as the moment-to-moment um, excitement of it. And, and, and thinking through his films, you know, The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness and The Fog and Halloween, um, they, they do have this... Uh, uh, there's a lot of kind of plot holes and the plot doesn't necessarily make... Certainly with Halloween and, and this, they're really just set up for some... It's not just gorgeous cinematography, but setups for some nice cinematic moments. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not just that it's shot beautifully; it's we've got really good actors who are being really well directed. Uh, yes, we, we've got good camera work, effects that 
uh, yes, they're clearly constrained by budget, but they, they're effective effects, even so. I, I, um, yes, I, I agree. I, I, I think it's a shame that he got pigeonholed, at least in the UK, as Carpenter, as like the master of horror. Because I keep coming back, you know, this is the guy who also directed Big Trouble in Little China and Starman and. He, uh, they live, which isn't quite horrible. All of which, um, uh, well, some so that, of those, for that uh, matter, the year after this, he, he would uh, make Escape from New York. Escape from New York. He did uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Uh, I, he seems to be <laughs> that does have Chevy Chase in it, which I gather uh, is very much the opposite of Don Cheadle. That um, if you can avoid working with Donny <laughs> with Chevy Chase, you should avoid working with Chevy Chase. But uh, but also uh, Starman, so you know. Starman, I've, I've got a huge soft spot for. I, I'm not sure I want to go back to it, but I, uh, I, I, I was really moved and touched by that film. So, The Fog, uh, it did get me wondering what, what I'm expecting to get out of a horror film. I have to say, it's very rare. In fact, I'm not sure. Uh, the first time I remember being scared by a horror film was Friday the 13th when I was about seven. Um, I watched it on some bootleg VHS, I think my brother had put it on. I can't remember how I ended up watching it, but there was a, it was the first time I'd saw that, ah, oh, everything's peaceful and happy at the end of the film. Ah, oh, no, he's jumping out of the lake and he's going to attack you. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely scared me. And I think that's the last time an actual horror film from the horror genre really scared me. I, so I wonder what I get out of horror films, really. I'm not a particularly a fan of, uh, jump scares. I, I don't really find the moments these people are in peril particularly scary. Like, I, I, this is a lovely film. The vignettes are great. They're thrilling, but I don't find them scary. Do, do you? Yeah, there, you there, find there's these tension kind of films? when it's done yes. right. And I, I think here it is done right because here is this person, this character I care about. I hope they're going to be okay. Yes. And by, you know, by the conventions of the horror film, it's not guaranteed that anybody is going to be okay. I think maybe that's it. I was coming to the conclusion. Maybe the, the only thing is that a horror film doesn't necessarily have to have a happy ending. So they, they can be a bit more surprising. And sometimes they do. Like, um, uh, well, I didn't bet a happy ending, but <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. And sometimes they don't like Night of the Living Dead. And I like the both thing for equally. That the thing, well, it's an amb- ambiguous but bad ending <laughs> <laughs> with the th- I, I, yeah, I like that. I mean, here we have a, unless you're the priest, we have kind of a happy ending. I, I think maybe that's what I get out of it. I, I don't, I don't find them scary particularly. The films that I do find scary, I mean, the, the scariest thing that I have ever watched is Threads. Uh, the Barry Hines mm. uh, Sheffield and that stays with me and horrified me. I probably because it's too close to home in a way that is, um, just a horror film has never got close to. I don't, I don't like surrealism and I find that disturbing and that's a form of horror that I really don't enjoy. Uh, and I don't mean Mulholland Drive, which is just <laughs> dream logic, which I, I didn't find anything other than irritating, honestly. But some, uh, uh, Chris Morris, um, who we talked about in a previous Ribbon of Memes for his Four Lions did a TV show called Jam. Which is kind of surrealistic, tonal, uh, disturbing. And I, I found that too disturbing. I love, I love his work and I, I watch pretty much anything he produced, but I, I found that too disturbing. I don't know why that is. And I've never found that with a horror film. So I think you're right. Maybe that it's just that, uh, that it's. Well, an, another approach one can take. I mean, I, I read a lot of science fiction and fantasy 
And I think a lot of horror can be regarded in that light. Uh, The really canonical example of that for me is At the Mountains of Madness, Mm. which, I mean, horrible things happen in it. Mm. But to me, that is very much a science fiction story. Yeah, we 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 are looking yes. through these ruins. We are discovering what happened. And yes, all right, we can't cope with it, but that's not a major part of it. I agree. I, I, well, but the reason uh, uh, normal exceptions for Lovecraft applies to what a terrible person he was, but the reason I am a fan of his work is because of the concepts, not because of the. Though I, I suppose it has got close to disturbing me that idea of existential horror, but it never really does in the sense that it's not. It's not true, whereas the, well, the nuclear also, attack on Sheffield thing could we're, be. We're, 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 to some extent, you know, we, we, we are growing up um, knowing that the Earth is not the most important planet, the sun is not the most important star. Mm. It's just you know, a dot on the edge of, the, of, of a swirly bit, which is on the edge of something else. Um, we, we've got used to the existence of nuclear weapons. We've got used to knowing about the Holocaust. All these horrible things have become. I mean, we, we've probably lost a bunch of sanity relative to relative to a nineteen twenty nineteen thirties character, but you know, the this particular and it, arguably the 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 a loss of Lovecraft's cosmic horror is a reaction against the uh, demise of the geocentric universe. Yeah, I agree. It feels like um, it's on the one hand, we're humans, we're important, and he's saying, no, you're really not. It's, you're, you're so not important that these entities not only aren't particularly out to get you, they don't really give a crap about you. Mm-hmm. It's just they might stand on you while they're doing the thing that they're doing, but they don't really notice you particularly. Uh, yeah. But so here is a more of a standard. I, in a way, I find horror a kind of comforting genre. I, I'm always <laughs> surprised when people say, oh, I can't watch horror films. I find them too scary because I just... I just don't really. I do remember Psycho, which isn't a horror film. Uh, again, I watched it at a tender age and I couldn't walk upstairs for a while after there was a staircase murder, which caused my parents some trouble. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's interesting that I like horror as a genre. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that must be it. You could, you're allowed a bit more leeway in the shape of the story, perhaps with a horror story. I, I, my own taste runs more towards a horror story that you can, you can read as a science fiction story as well. In other words, mm. it, it's not just, Let's survive and, and, you know, the, the dawn has come. Everything is okay. It's also, yes, but let's also learn something about this so that, you know, we, we can do something about it next time or whatever. But th- this is, I, I think why the birds irked me quite a lot because <laughs> yes. it, it's just a survival story. We, we have personally got away from it and that therefore that is fine. It doesn't matter that the rest of the town is being birded. It doesn't matter whether this is going to spread or not. Just we're okay. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I like the bird somewhat more than you, but I agree. I think we both like a, a concept you can explore at least mentally or something that makes sense or has rules that it follows. And one of one of the things that does bother me about horror films, including The Fog, is that uh, things are just done for scare value rather than... Mm. Uh, rather than in science fiction, not a lot of movie science fiction, but you set up something different about the rules of this universe and then you just explore that and the consequences of it and your, your rule following is vigorous. And yes, my favourite kind of horror, I agree, would be one that does that in, in the same way that science fiction can do. It doesn't really do it. <laughs> I just thought it would be interesting to explore why we talk about a lot of horror films and why I... 
Uh, it, I mean, it, it is. I mean, pun, pun not intended. It's a very visceral sort of storytelling. It's trying to engage fairly, fairly core ideas about you know, fear and protection and helplessness and so on. Yes, it's a pretty primal feeling, isn't it, fear? Um, which is interesting. I mean, a lot of horror films say that. I just, I'm always, I always feel a bit disconnected from that because that my overriding emotion when I'm watching a horror film is not really one of fear. Yeah. Uh, even watching them in a dark room, you know, on a full screen, or it's rare that I'm uh, shit up, uh, <laughs> as you would say, by, by a horror film, uh, more so than I'm disturbed by documentaries about serial killers, for instance, um, or historical documentaries I, I find more disturbing. Hmm. Anyway, that was that was a brief tour into to horror, the horror as a genre. Um, this is, I, I mean, as far as The Fog goes, I think it is a fine example of a horror film that I liked yeah, quite a lot. Uh, for me, um, you may well disagree, but for me, this, this is this is just inside the boundaries of Masterpiece. Uh, I can I... see it doing a lot of things that, that are clearly wrong, and yeah. it would be, it, you know, it could have been made with a whole lot better plot scaffolding as well. But for what it does do, I, I am sufficiently impressed to call it that. That's, uh, that, I, I agree. I mean, uh, there's a lot of lovely stuff about it. I think for me, maybe more, uh, familiar with at least the filmic genre, um, or I think it's a great little story, but little in the sense I, I don't think it's, I don't think it does anything stand out enough for me hmm. to to quite be a masterpiece. It does uh, reaffirm my love of John Carpenter after I, I really didn't like Halloween. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think it's a great film. I would definitely watch it again. You know, if it was on the... T- this is a film that if I, you know, I uh, it sounds like I watch the TV and flip channels now, which I don't, I don't know if anyone does anyway, but if such a weird occurrence happened that I was just flipping through channels and I came across the fog... I would probably watch it to the end again. And you'd come like... in halfway through and, uh, well, not really miss much. Exactly, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. you, no, that, that's not fair. You, that, I, I do like the slow build-up atmosphere as I oh, did yeah, in Halloween, yeah. but if, if what you were after was the really beautiful bits, though, those are mostly loaded into the second the, half. It's all sort of build-up and then pay-off, uh, and it does it does pay off very nicely at the end. And Stevie doesn't get murdered, which is spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only just, to be fair. Only just doesn't get murdered. Yeah, that's again. That was there's a lot of um, changes he made to it. The 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 zombie pirate climbing up off the morgue. I think he added that. Stevie climbing on the roof. Um, the the fisherman getting his eyes popped out because <laughs> he, he felt he was going to be up against some more gory horror. Um, I, th- that's pretty visceral. Something bad happening to your eyes both at once, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but it, I, it didn't well, need I, it. Really. I, I know at least one person who does have to look away and, and like, and appreciates a bit of warning when that's going to happen. So. Yeah, some people have real eye-based icks, which I can, I don't quite have it, but I can certainly understand it. Well, uh, uh well you, done. Mean, you, you know that bit in a comedy where a, a bloke gets hit, hit in the balls and everybody in the cinema, bracket male, is supposed to wince. <laughs> I, I don't have that particular empathy, so. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it doesn't seem any worse than anywhere else. Regardless, um, another one of John Cobb's, is he our most, most watched director now? Him uh, or Steven Spielberg, I shall have yeah. to look at my spreadsheet. Um, but, <laughs> Good job, John Carpenter. He himself thought didn't like the fog so much. Um, 
and just calls it a minor horror classic. I like the fact that he, th- he thinks it's one of his least ones and calls it a minor classic. I think, honestly, <laughs> I would agree with him. I think it is a, a minor classic. It doesn't do anything amazingly, but it is uh, distinctive and interesting and uh, a good watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say to anybody, oh, you've never seen a horror film. Well, watch this one. Yeah. But ha- having a little bit of familiarity with the genre now, um, yeah, I, I really rather like it. It, it, yes, it does a lot of things right that a lot of films don't do, but I think that is John Carpenter's actually way better director than his reputation. I don't know why he does so badly on the box office. He's great. Mm. But there we are. All right, well, we will close off this episode as the fog rolls in over Plymouth Harbour. i got fog lights on the car, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, just watch your windscreen. Mm-hmm.